You watch those nature documentaries on the cable? Yeah. You see the one about lions? Yeah. Look at this lion. He's the king of the jungle. Huge mane out there. He's laying down under a tree in the middle of Africa. He's so big. He's so hot. He doesn't want to move. Now, the little lion comes. They start messing with him. Biting his tail, biting his ears. He doesn't do anything. The lioness, she starts messing with him. Coming over, making trouble. Still, nothing. Now, the other animals, they notice this. And they start to move in. The jackals. Hyenas. They're barking at him, laughing at him. They nip his toes and eat the food that's in his domain. They do this and they get closer and closer and bolder and bolder till one day that lion gets up and runs like the wind, eats everything in his path. Because every once in a while, the lion has to show the jackals who he is. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Can you figure out why I used that clip from a movie called Pool Hall Junkies? I never even seen the movie. I never even heard of the movie, but somebody uh, sent me the clip, and I said, yeah, that's perfect for right now. You know what? Because I think we just saw the lion show the jackals and the hyenas who he is this week, and uh, we're going to talk about that, and I just think I thought that was a perfect a perfect clip for this uh for this week, but we're going to talk about what happened, why I think that was what that was uh, uh, apropos for what we're going to talk about this week. But first, before we get started, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your direct mortgage lender, right here in Southern California. Offices all over the place, licensed in California and Arizona, and a few other states. We can do a few little business out there uh, without having to actually have an office there. But if you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, day or night, area code toll 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me and you don't, but you don't want to talk on the phone, because, uh, I don't know, you're talking at work or you're talking uh, talking at night while your wife is listening to who you're talking to. Hey, who are you talking to? What's he wearing? Okay, go to WCCLoans.com, uh, click on the uh, Loan Center, and go to Apply Now, and you'll be able to uh, put in as much information as you want me to have and let us know how much information you want from me. You'll hear back from me or one of my able-bodied teammates, and we'll uh, help uh, fit fit the missing pieces of your real estate financing puzzle. Whether you're uh, looking to uh, buy a house, refinance a house, get a reverse mortgage, buy an investment property, uh, we do it all. We do it all, 1031 exchanges. All I've done it all, I've seen it all, and uh, I can help guide you towards 
your goals there on what to do. Uh, if there's part of the show you want repeated, you go to ed, edhoffman.net, click on the podcast page, listen to it on demand anytime. You can also get the main event podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes where you can uh, subscribe and subscribe for free and have it automatically download to your computer, your iPhone, your iPod, your iPad, your iWatch your droid, whatever whatever you're carrying that you can listen to podcasts on. And be sure to connect with the show on social media. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Ed Hoffman, where I uh, tweet about current events all week long, some weekend, some weeks more than others. Um, I was I was pretty good at uh, tweeting when I heard that uh, we had launched the, uh, the attacks, but uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. And I uh, like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash the main event, Ed Hoffman. So uh, before we start talking about all the fun stuff that uh, that's going on, uh, let me uh, tell you in in studio I have uh, one of my regular guests here, Mr. Scott McAfee, proprietor of Don's Bikes in uh, Redlands and uh, Rialto, uh, rated uh, one of the top 100 bike shops. I guess that'd be two half of the top 100s because you got two bike shops in your top, or well, you're one of the top 100 bike shops in the country. Uh, Scotty? Yes, Ed, it's great to be back in the house. By the way, we did win Bike Shop, Best Bike Shop in the IE Award. That was on the Sun-Telegram and the Redlands Daily Facts. All right. So that's kind of cool bragging rights there. Good job, good job. Thank you, thank you. I uh, I win uh, I win best mortgage company in the world every time we close one. Nice. And, uh, and and let me tell you while we're talking about mortgage companies, I don't talk a lot a lot about it on the show, but I'm trying to to do more and more as the as the market is changing out there. But right now right now we've got a situation with uh, low low inventory out there, and one of the key things if you're if you're shopping for real estate is more and more not so much just how much you're paying, but how strong your lender is. So a lot of a lot of the a lot of the listing agents or a lot of the sellers will look at your look at your offer and especially if you're going FHA or 3% down they're looking they're they're so much more comfortable with a with a bigger down payment because the likelihood of that of that loan going through doesn't make any difference to the seller whether you're putting 3% down or 30% down but all the only difference is if the appraisal comes in short if you've got a lot of money you can make up the difference if the uh, and if something goes on there's so there's there's always somebody that'll buy a 30% down 30% or a 20%. So the the more down payment is more attractive to them unless they feel just if unless they feel comfortable that you're dealing with a lender that has a reputation for closing. So uh, the reputation for Wholesale Capital and myself is we close, we close fast, and if we say it can be done, we get it done. We built our reputation getting loans done that other lenders couldn't do. So if you're out shopping for a house, uh, you will be well served to call me at 855-640-2020 and let my team uh, pre-qualify you and we will dial you in and help you help you get accepted. Uh, I mentioned this last week also if you're if you're shopping uh, Maxim Properties which is one of the probably the largest uh, property flipping companies in the in the country does a ton in Arizona and and California and if you're uh, as well as other as well as uh, Florida, Colorado, um, I'm trying to think of uh, Washington um, Nevada, several other states. But if you're looking for a house, if you go to uh, MaximProperties.net, um, they'll you can search and see if they have something there. They they buy them, fix them up, completely rehab them, and we're one of their preferred lenders. So if you're financing with us, you get a, a very good chance of getting your your offer accepted. So anyway, just uh, if, so if you're shopping for a house, there's my there's my mortgage plug for the week. Interest rates are uh, uh, seem to be fairly steady. 
uh, I think over the over the long term, over the next uh, for the rest of the year, and probably into the foreseeable future, we're going to see them creeping up, 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 up because they're, they've been so low for so long, and all indications say that the economy is getting stronger since uh, we got rid of uh, the Democrats out of control of this country. So, uh, so let's talk about let's talk about what's going on. This was already set to be a big week for foreign policy because the president was meeting with the Chinese. The, our president, Trump, was meeting with the Chinese president to discuss how we might work together to stop North Korea. Um, and next week's show, we'll talk about some of that because we're, we'll re- be recording early, the, early in the week next week because of uh, the Easter holiday. Um, but right now, let's talk about developments in Syria and some exciting stuff that went on uh, Thursday night. But let's start with the timeline. On Wednesday, Bashar, Assad, Bashar al-Assad's regime launched, and realize they've been in civil war for about four years, that uh, the, the Syrian people have been trying to over, overthrow Bashar al-Assad, and it's it's been a uh, it's been a issue with in our even in our country when uh, Barack Obama said, "Hey, you know, as long as they don't use chemical weapons against their people, uh, that's when we're going to get involved." If that ever happens, and then it happened, and you know, well, uh, let me just move the line in the sand a little bit farther over because I'm not prepared to follow up on my threat. So <clears throat> let's start on Wednesday. Bashar al-Assad's regime launched a chemical attack against the rebel-held town of Khan Shikun however you say that, as its residents slept. As of today, the death toll is is believed to be at least 100, with more than 500 people suffering the effects. Dozens of those killed were young children. You have probably seen some of the graphic images online. And if you've seen them online, you see little babies you know, looking like they're going through a uh, drug, drug detox and they're shaking and their nerves are going, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's really sad. It's sad. It's disturbing to see that. Uh, additionally, a human rights organization stationed in Syria reported that ISIS executed 33 people in Eastern Syria Wednesday. It's a bi- it was, it's the biggest mass killing in 2017. The group said its activists were able to see the bodies reporting that ISIS carried out the execution with sharp tools and buried its victims in a pre-dug hole in the ground. In his Rose Garden press conference with King Hussein of Jordan on Wednesday, uh, President Trump was asked to respond to these atrocities, but first the reporter asked how much of the blame goes to Obama. You've condemned the chemical attacks in Syria, but you also appeared in your statement yesterday to pin some of the blame on the Obama administration. You're the president now. Do you feel like you bear responsibility for responding to the chemical attacks? And does the chemical attack cross a red line for you? Well, I think the Obama administration had a great opportunity to solve this crisis a long time ago when he said the red line in the sand. And when he didn't cross that line after making the threat, I think that set us back a long ways, not only in Syria, but in many other parts of the world, because it was a blank threat. She also asked him again at Wednesday's, if Wednesday's event crossed the red line for him. It crossed a lot of lines for me. When you kill innocent children, innocent babies, babies, little babies, with a chemical gas that is so lethal, people were shocked to hear what gas it was. That crosses many, many lines beyond the red line. Many, many lines. Thank you very much. And people are talking now about how, uh, how well you know he said that there was there was no uh, there was no benefit for uh, for us when when Obama was in presidents. Well, I think that was at 2013, mm-hmm. 2014, um, when they used chemical weapons against their people the first time. Um, 
and President and President Trump at that time, just citizen Donald Trump had tweeted out that he didn't see a benefit that we should just stay out of there. It's it's a no win situation, and now now he's in the presidency. And I and I I would have to sympathize. You know when when you see those videos and you say, hey, I'm the guy that needs to either turn my back on this or do something about it got to move you well yeah for sure and i know that's where a lot of the criticism from the left has been coming because they're saying oh look he's flip-flopping he said he wouldn't intervene now he's going to intervene so obviously trump can't do anything right according to the left um but it, it is it is one of those situations where you know where do you intervene and where you don't this is a very very difficult question to answer because atrocities are happening like everywhere all across the world so where do where do you personally draw the line as far as you know where where do you come in where do you intervene where do you don't well in this case he decided to and i think most rational people think that what he did was the right thing to do and uh friday morning i was after it after it happened i turned on msnbc just to see what the see what the left was saying and on msnbc they're talking about how oh you could see that he's obviously being led by steve bannon and uh and his son-in-law jared kushner and why are they having so much influence on him and look he's he's launching he's he's launching attacks and um and when you turn it over to fox Fox is saying, "Hey, he's he's being led by his Secretary of Defense James Mattis and his uh, uh, National Security Director General uh, McMaster's, and you know who runs who runs this thing? Well, I think the Defense Department runs that, and I think the National Security Advisor runs that. Uh, you know, and of course Trump is obviously the uh, the Commander in Chief, and he makes the the final call. But I know who I who I'd be listening to. I mean, you got you got your people in your office that you ask you ask advice all the time, but when it comes to that." When it when it comes to that, I'm going to talk to the specific person and say, "What's your strategy?" I mean, James Mad Dog Mattis is the best. Well, yeah, and, and the other thing too is that as a president versus being a private citizen and making commentary, obviously now you get to see all the information. He's probably seen stuff we haven't seen. I mean, we saw what we saw, which was what released to us, but he sees a lot more details on things than we do. And quite frankly, I'm I don't think we need to see all the details. No, I think I don't I don't I don't know how you can fight a war. Or how you can how you can run a country if everything if hey the people deserve to know this no they don't they deserve to be protected and we don't need to know the details we need to know that that people that we trust are are seeing it and making the right decisions right. and not not only that but of course there was no announcement of what we were gonna do Ed we just did it I know that's uh they could have moved their planes off that airbase okay so we didn't even get to that part yet no so on on Thursday Secretary of State Rex Tillerson was also asked about it in his own press conference. Well, obviously, uh, the events that have occurred in Syria with the chemical weapons attack uh, here in the past day uh, have just, I think, horrified all of us and uh, brought to the front pages and to our television screens as well uh, the tragedy that is part of the Syrian conflict. Uh, There is no doubt in our minds uh, and the information we have supports that Syria the Syrian regime under the leadership of uh, President Bashar al-Assad are responsible for this attack. And I, I think further, it is very important that the Russian government consider carefully their continued support of the Assad regime. Sir, does Assad have to go? Assad's role in the future is uncertain, clearly. And it, with the acts that he has taken, it would seem that there would be no role for him to govern the Syrian people. And so what steps is the United States prepared to take in order to remove him from power? 
Well, the process by which Saad would leave is something that I think requires an international community effort, uh, both to first defeat ISIS within Syria, to stabilize the Syrian uh, country, to avoid further civil war, and then to work collectively with our partners around the world through a political process that would lead to Assad leaving. So will you and President Trump organize an international coalition to remove Assad? Those steps are underway. And But who knew those steps would come so soon? Thursday night in the Mediterranean Sea, the USS Ross and the USS Porter launched 59 Tomahawk missiles onto the Syrian airbase where it is believed that Assad's regime carried out its chemical attack. Here's President Trump's remarks immediately immediately after from Mar-a-Lago. A deadly nerve agent. Assad choked out the lives of helpless men, women, and children. It was a slow and brutal death for so many. Even beautiful babies were cruelly murdered in this very barbaric attack. No child of God should ever suffer such horror. Tonight I ordered a targeted military strike on the airfield in Syria from where the chemical attack was launched. It is in this vital national security interest of the United States to prevent and deter the spread and use of deadly chemical weapons. All right. You know, the, the audio obviously at Mar-a-Lago is not what the, the normal TV stations prepare for, but I don't think they knew this was coming. So uh, I apologize for the uh, for the scratchy the scratchy audio, but that was really how the audio was. Um, you know, I'll- you could hear in his voice. You could hear in his voice. Was he nervous? Was he overtired or was he really emotionally moved by this? Well, it sounded like emotionally moved and certainly a lot of thoughts on this. I mean, there's a lot of people cheering, uh, I think, this move. A lot of people in Syria, I'm sure, cheering this move. And I think, look, this is this is the first major step to show the world uh, four words. Don't mess with us. There will be there will be. Uh, retaliation, there will be uh, effects if you cross a line with the United States. I mean, it's a show of strength, if nothing else. Uh, exactly. And, uh, and you know what, the, the reaction, the reaction from, uh, from the Russians on uh, Friday morning was this was a, this was an act of aggression and they were obviously not happy. I think that might say something to this big, this big collusion uh, uh, conspiracy theory that the Democrats have about, you know, that, that Trump and the Russians are, are he's working with the Russians to do something together. You know what? Does it look like he's doing something with the Russians? No, exactly. As a matter of fact, of course, we did have the courtesy to call the Russians and tell them, get the hell out of that base because we're about to turn it into a parking lot. Did, uh, <laughs> you we, imagine that phone call? I did, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. They, we actually called ahead of time to, to tell because there were Russian personnel, I guess, on that base. Yeah, I know that. And I knew that there were Russian planes, but they said right. they didn't destroy any Russian planes. Right. Well, I guess not. But we destroyed a whole lot of Syrian planes. But can you imagine that call? Comrades, we've got five minutes to get the hell out of here because they're going to turn this place into uh, like the next uh, Grand Canyon. <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and that's over 50,000 pounds of explosives. Right. What a fireworks uh, show that was. And they're saying, hey, there's still planes that were left there. 
I guess I don't have a, a clear a clear picture of you know how you launch that many that many missiles at a at one airbase and there's and there's anything still there I, I couldn't imagine either i know see i want to see some footage of what it looks like now maybe brooke can pull it up on google earth and we can see it it probably looks like the grand canyon out there i want to see i want to see how those things how what it looked like i would like to see video of when the missiles were coming in oh yeah i mean how how uh how surgical surgically aimed are those things well apparently pretty surgical because i guess there was a total of 60 launched one of them fell in the sea 58 of the 59 hit their target which i guess is considered brilliant according to some of the analysts i would think yep. i don't know how far away they were but uh yeah i know that um i know that uh my buddy joey jones i i text him and text him last night i go hey bud what's your thoughts on uh on trump and and uh mattis attacking Syria he goes finally okay so he thought it was a good move he thought it was a good move he okay. said hey it's a it's a great show of strength and it's a great show it's a great warning warning shot to North Korea and and Iran and especially with China there with the Chinese president there in the in the building with Trump that hey you know what we're talking about what are we going to do about North Korea because China's got the biggest influence on them and what happens you know hey well, well, you know, he must Trump must have left to use the bathroom from dinner and came back and he fired off 60 Tomahawk missiles. Yeah. Can you imagine that that conversation when he asked the Chinese president, by the way, how was dinner? He said, oh, it was very good. Thank you, Mr. President. By the way, I just uh, I just tech out a military base in Syria in case you're wondering. Yeah. Just just in case, just in case you wonder if, yeah, if what uh, I was if, going, what I was up to. Yeah. If you want if you want to test my resolve, just so you know, this is what we did. And uh, quite frankly, everybody I know. I mean, we were all we were texting back and forth. Right. All everybody I know was on Facebook, Twitter, text back and forth about. Finally, we got a we got a president with a spine, with a backbone in there, or uh, with some uh, some uh, some stones that they can uh, that to stand up to for what's right, make us look strong. No, no, for sure. And and I don't mean to get overexcited about this, but there's a part of me that's like, can't we just lob? We don't have to do sixty, but let's stay. I don't know, maybe a dozen of those things over at Iran, and maybe another dozen in North Korea. Is that asking too much? Just just right at the right at their launching site. Yeah, you know, somewhere. North Korea has been shooting off these test missiles right for a couple of weeks. There's got to be one on the launch pad. Yeah, we something just, we can take just, out just and blow take, up. Just take one of them out. Just hey, you know, just so you know, you <laughs> your guys' missiles don't quite. Uh, hit their targets you guys are still learning ours do hit our targets let's show you how it's done so uh and and what's also amazing it's some unlikely people are calling this a huge success uh hillary clinton actually said you know and some of the people some of the people that are claiming oh this was irresponsible and some of the democrats that are that are criticizing you know they were criticizing trump a couple of days ago because hey now Syria used chemical weapons on their people. What are you going to do about it? You know, is this big, bad, tough guy? And now he did something about it. Oh, wait, why did he do that? That wasn't a very smart thing to do. Hillary was apparently uh, seeing a Broadway show, uh, and then she went to some Women in the World Summit in New York City, and uh, she made this comment. I really believe that we should have and still should um, take out his airfields and prevent him from being able to use them to bomb innocent people and drop sarin gas on them. Wow, big standing ovation. Yeah, I know. That was kind of painful to hear that voice again, Ed. I, I haven't heard that voice in a long time. I know, it is. It is. Mm. It makes me want to... Want to uh, excuse me, I have to go <laughs> into the bathroom real quick and uh, vomit. Uh, but the... Uh, 
<laughs> Am I allowed to say vomit on the air? Oh, you just did. Okay. Well. You know, of course, that's okay, though, when Hillary Clinton calls for that kind of action, though, but not when Trump does. Nope, not at all. Not at all. So uh, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, hey, you know what? Go USA. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and again, there's a lot of a lot of things. But what it certainly sends a message to everybody in the world, this is a different America. It's an America that's ready to lead. Uh, it's an America that's not just going to sit around and take it. Um, pretty impressive. Exactly. Hey, uh, we got a lot more to talk about, but uh, we're out of time for this uh, first, for the first part of the main event. So don't go away. Five minutes, traffic, commercials, weather, and we'll be right back with part two. Everybody, this is Ed Hoffman. Welcome back to part two of the main event here in the studio with my buddy Scott McAfee, proprietor of Don's Bikes. Yo, Ed. We got stuff to talk about, man. Yeah, we do. Lots of stuff going on, and this is USA, and we got a president with some with some uh, backbone, with some spine, and uh, with some tomahawk missiles. We're <laughs> some tomahawk <laughs> missiles. We are feeling pretty good about ourselves, and we're feeling pretty good about our country. And uh, for those that aren't, tough. Um, you know, because everybody's entitled to their opinion, and if their opinion sways away from what ours is, it, they're wrong. We're right. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about uh, Neil Gorsuch was confirmed as our uh, 113th uh, Supreme Court Justice. On Friday morning, Judge Neil Gorsuch was confirmed as our next Supreme Court Justice. There's a lot of details that led up to this long-delayed confirmation. So let's recap for those of you that don't watch the news all the time. That aren't uh, don't have your uh, don't have your radar on and your alerts on your phone and everything because you're involved in other things in life besides politics and what's going on in this country, but things that are less important but still probably more fun. But uh, let me just bring you up to speed because if you listen to the main event, you sh- you don't need to listen to everything else the rest of the week. So uh, confirmation of the Supreme Court nominee requires 60 votes normally. Okay, Democrats blocked the confirmation of Gorsuch this week with a filibuster resulting in a final vote of uh, 55. It says 55-45, but I think we're down a, uh, a senator because of the uh, uh, because Jeff Sessions, Jeff Sessions right. to, as the attorney general, and they haven't replaced him yet. So I don't know how it could be 55-45 because we only got 99 senators until they replace him. So uh, this set in motion the Republican effort to drastically change the way the Senate confirms Supreme Court nominees going forward, otherwise known as the, as the rules change or the nuclear option, which would allow for a simple majority vote. Keep in mind, the Democrats are really just upset about the Republicans voted to block the nomination of Obama's nominee Merrick Garland last year. So remember, uh, Judge Antonin Scalia died in February last year, and uh, and and there's been a there's been a in fact it was uh, former Vice President Joe Biden who was Senator uh, Joe Biden. I think it was in the last year of uh, of. Uh, H.W. Bush's uh, last year when there was a and they said, hey, in the last year of a presidency, we don't we don't we don't nominate. We don't nominate if uh, we don't we don't confirm nominees of a president that he puts in in his last year because they're already campaigning for the for the next president. So if it's your last year in office now, if it was if it was uh, Bush's Bush, the junior who had eight years, if it was in his last year of his first term, that would probably be different. But it was it was a last year. Wait, so they didn't know that George Bush Sr. wasn't going to have a second term. 
Well, it was okay. Let me get this straight. So it was, it was in 2008. So it was the last year. Last of year, Bush, Bush Junior. Then right, okay. right. So it was so that's when it happened. They say, hey, we're not we're not taking a nominee in the right. last year. So, but that's that's always a two way street for the Democrats. You know, when it's when it's to their advantage, it's it's okay to do that. But when it's not okay, but uh, but they're 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 uh, upset that um that we said the same thing in in Obama's last year and we didn't they never gave uh, Merrick Garland his confirmation hearing um and just because they can't admit that's the reason they have to make it look like it's about Gorsuch being unfit nominee so all week we heard Senate Demo- Senate Democrats giving ominous speeches about Gorsuch like this one here's another voice that we almost were getting happy to not hear Bernie Sanders after meeting with Judge Gorsuch and having a long and pleasant conversation, after hearing his testimony before the Judiciary Committee, and after carefully reviewing his record, I have concluded that I cannot support a man with his views for a lifetime seat on the Supreme Court. In 1973, as we all know, the Supreme Court decided Roe versus Wade and declared that women have a constitutional right to control their own bodies. That decision has been subsequently affirmed by multiple cases as recently as last June. In his confirmation hearings, Judge Gorsuch refused to state if he believed Roe v. Wade was good law and should be upheld. Based on his statements and general philosophy, I believe there is a strong likelihood that Judge Gorsuch would vote to overturn Roe v. Wade and deny the women of this country the constitutional right to control their own bodies. This would be an outrage, and I do not want to be a party to allowing that to happen. I will not support a man who is not a member of the Communist Party. No, <laughs> that's 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 grueling hearing. That those. was grueling. That was that was hard. I and had to those, hear it twice, by the way. I know it's yeah. It's, it's one in rehearsal. It's just moments. it's just ugly. Hey, uh, let me make a correction of something I said uh, uh, two paragraphs ago. Uh, Jeff Sessions was replaced by Luther Strange. How come I don't know that? Oh yeah, I don't live in Alabama. Okay, kind of a strange detail. I know. Luther Strange. That's, <laughs> that that's, sounds like Batman's that's, enemy. That's unusual. No, no. I'm sorry. Superman's enemy. Superman. Yeah, that's Lex Luthor. Oh, sorry. Okay. Lex Luthor. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so you could hear, you could hear, uh, you could hear Bernie Sanders trying to make some sense. Of course, that's probably normal about any time he talks anything. But the, uh, um, it's funny that they when George Bush nominated. Was it George Bush or was it Obama that nominated Gorsuch to the Court of Appeals? I uh, thought that was God. I don't know that. I don't know the answer to that. How long ago was that, Brooke? So uh, uh, he was nominated to the Court of Appeals, mm-hmm. and when he went through that that uh, confirmation, there was a unanimous unanimous confirmation by it was like ninety eight to two or must have been to Bush. zero. Must have been Bush. Yeah. So anyway, it's funny that now he's not qualified to be a uh, to. 2006. So that's Bush. Bush. That's Bush. So, uh, but the but the the Democratic uh, the Democratic uh, democratically controlled Congress and Senate was uh, 
voted unanimous to 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 confirm him at that time. But today he's not qualified. And uh, there's there's and then there's this one from Elizabeth Pocahontas Warren. Uh, let me play two pieces of of her grueling speech. I'll be honest. I think it is crazy that we are considering confirming a lifetime Trump nominee to the Supreme Court at a moment when the president's campaign is under the cloud of an active, ongoing FBI counterintelligence investigation that could result in indictments and appeals that will go all the way to the Supreme Court so that Trump's nominee could be the deciding vote on whether Trump or his supporters broke the law and will be held accountable. That is nuts, and I believe we should tap the brakes on any nominee until this investigation is concluded. But even if none of that were happening, I would still oppose the confirmation of Neil Gorsuch. So is this lady on drugs? Didn't we just have a presidential presidential election where one of the one of the candidates who almost almost looked like she was going to win up until the night of the of the election re, uh, returns was also under federal investigation for a whole bunch of different stuff. You know, I hope they run this more on Elizabeth Warren for president in 2020. But, you know, honestly, Ed, though, if she is a Native American Indian and she is going to run for president, I'm going to have a reservation about it. Yeah, me too. And, okay. Uh, yeah, she's uh... a... <laughs> I can't remember all the all the Pocahontas jokes he used. <laughs> I know the I know the the Navajo versus. Well, yeah, basic guy said, look, she may be a Massachusetts hoe, but she's not a Navajo. That's correct. That was one of my favorites. Yeah, so people yeah. that know that Elizabeth Pocahontas Warren is just not. You know what? But I have high cheekbones, like like <laughs> like the Navajos do. So I must be Native Indian. So she was uh, lying to get it to get a job at a uh, at Harvard at Harvard oh. Harvard Law School. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me play another piece of of her uh, her mindless dribble. Even before he became a federal judge, Judge Gorsuch fully embraced right wing pro corporate views. He argued that it should be harder, not easier, for shareholders who got cheated to bring fraud cases in court. And on the bench, Judge Gorsuch's extreme views meant giant corporations could run over their workers. In Hobby Lobby, when he had to choose between the rights of corporations and the rights of women, Judge Gorsuch chose corporations. You know what? People people listen to that at face value. And, you know, for for dummies, I mean Democrats— um, they listen to that and they don't they don't think about it. Let's think about this. He voted to make it harder. He thought it should be harder for employees to to sue their corporations. You know what? I agree with that, you know, because anytime time you get rid of somebody, they're they're mad and they want to they want to sue somebody. You know what? Make it to where they have to have a real case. Ed, people are being run over and you just don't care. Yeah, well, I don't. Okay. Apparently I don't. Is that with cars or are they just running over them with their, I don't, you know. They're they're running over them with lawyers. <laughs> you know what? Hey, think about this on TV, folks. Think about this. All the, and I've talked about this like every week. If all, all the, all the ads you see on TV for, for if you, uh, if you uh, used uh, aspirin in the last 14 years and you died, uh, call, call Slate and Leone and we're going to, you might have a case. You might have some money coming. If you had a, a surgery and you, they use some kind of a mesh stuff, you might have some money coming. If you had a artificial hip 
and it didn't work right for the first 14 days, you might have some money coming. You know what? Think about that. They're searching for people to just create class action lawsuits so they can sue people. And you know what? If you've ever been part of a class action suit, and I've been a part of a few of them, uh, one of them because uh, I bought a Yukon, a GMC Yukon, and the owner's manual said it had a 30-gallon gas tank and only had a 26-gallon ga- gas tank. That's pro- that's grounds for suing, Ed. Exactly. So this, uh, And I said, hey, you know what? I noticed that. I could never fit 30 gallons. I said, I must not be out of gas. It says I'm out of gas, but there must be four more gallons in there. And apparently somebody uh, thought that was worth suing and some attorneys said, I said, sure. I signed the things. And you know what? I got a certificate uh, a few years later, several years later that I could use. And if I buy another General Motors car, it gave me $750 off of a General Motors car. Well, you know what that means. They just jack up the price, $750. <laughs> they gave you a free air freshener, Ed. And then, and then, and then when I, and then when I bought my Hummer, um, I'm trying to think of, we tried to use it when we bought, uh, when we bought a Grand Prix for Don and they said, oh, you're leasing. It only works if you buy. And then a few years later, we bought a Hummer. And they said, oh, it doesn't work for Hummers. only works for uh, uh, for GMC or Pontiac or whatever it is. You know what? The only people that make money on those things are the attorneys. <laughs> and, you know, the only people who pay are corporations. And if you don't think that's that's hard on jobs, then you are you just don't think clearly. What was the other thing she said? Oh, the thing about Hobby Lobby. You know what? He voted for for uh for uh the corporation's rights over women's rights you know what if you work for a catholic hospital or you work for a catholic a catholic uh a company like hobby lobby and uh, and they they're they're a catholic owned and run corporation and they don't want to provide health care that include they don't want the government to force them to provide health care that includes uh uh paying for contraception which is you're non. You're a non-practicing Catholic. No, you're a you're a practicing. Non- I'm a pra- I'm a practicing practic- non-Catholic. Yes. yes. What do they say about uh, what do the Catholics say about contraception? Well, they don't they don't agree with it. That's that's the teaching of the church. So is is saying that Hobby Lobby shouldn't have to buy this insurance for their people, is that a religious rights argument or is that a women's rights argument? Well, it's where those two things come to a head, and then it's up to a court to determine what's more important. You know, is it more important? You know, to side with with the the business in this case or or these groups that are just suing just to put places like Hobby Lobby out of business. I mean, that's the real point of all this. Correct. It's to destroy businesses that disagree with the way they think politically. So does that make uh, Neil Gorsuch unqualified? No, no. But, you know, what, and coming along with the Gorsuch thing, too, this has been probably the most the, the biggest thing that I've the biggest problem that I've had with the never Trumpers was what about the Supreme Court? You're going to vote for McMullen or whoever the hell or you're not going to vote at all. You're not going to support Trump. So you're going to allow Hillary Clinton to become the president of the United States. If there was ever a reason why you would support Trump, it is this. The Supreme Court nomination Trump delivered on probably the biggest promise and the most significant promise of, of his campaign. Yeah, because if they if they let if they let Hillary Clinton put someone who's a who's a left winger, they would be uh, we're they done, would be, man. They'd be legislating from the bench, and they'll be overturning laws, right? And that's what one of the things that Neil Gorsuch said in his confirmations. Hey, it's not my it's not my job to make a judgment on whether it's a good law or a bad law. It's what does the law say, and what you know how who does it who what does it protect? If the law is bad law, then the senators and Congress people are supposed to rewrite the law, and the president signs it. So, uh, and also the other irony here is that you know uh, Elizabeth Warren's arguing for 
for uh, women's rights. She's always a uh, she's always a uh, uh, always talking about the women don't get this, women don't get that. What's funny is that uh, Elizabeth Warren's female staffers make thirty percent less than her male staffers, and uh, she stayed curiously silent on April fourth, which apparently was equal pay day. I thought it was. Uh, Tuesday. Um, so equal payday when she normally makes a big speech and tweets about it. She didn't do that this year um, because it came out that her staffers, the males make 30% more. So in the end, the, the Republicans chose the nuclear option in order to push uh, Gorsuch uh, through to the confirmation before the weekend. Here's majority leader Mitch McConnell making his announcement. Our Democratic colleagues have done something uh, today that is unprecedented in the history of the Senate. Unfortunately, it has brought us to this point. We need to restore the norms and traditions of the Senate and get past this unprecedented partisan filibuster. Therefore, I raise a point of order that the vote on cloture under the precedent set on November 21st, 2013 is a majority vote on all nominations. Boy, if there's ever a dynamic speaker, it's Mitch McConnell. Ed. I, you know what? Him, Rex Tillerson, uh, there's a whole bunch of them. And, uh, you know, how can we not get Dinesh D'Souza in there? So someone who talks really dynamic. Or maybe, you know, Sebastian Gorka. Yeah, Sebastian Gorka. <laughs> Your favorite. Exactly. I like Sebastian. Right. But you know what? Uh, what's funny was when I had Joey Jones on. He goes, you know, when you've got a when you've got a voice like that with that kind of an accent, you just sound smart, <laughs> whether you are or not. Right. So, uh, and, uh, you know, his reference to the November 21st, 2013 was a reminder that the Democrats are the ones who first pushed the rules to change the nuclear option on that date when they were, they were the ones in power. They don't like it this time because they're not in power. Here's sore loser Chuck Schumer speaking on behalf of the Democrats. When history weighs what happened, the responsibility for changing the rules will fall on the Republicans and Leader McConnell's shoulders. They have had other choices. They have chosen this one. When the dust settles, make no mistake about it, it will have been the Republicans who changed the rules on the Supreme Court. Damn right. Make no mistake about it, Chuck. You're out of power and you can't do a whole lot at this point. Wah, wah, wah. wah. Boo effing who. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, uh, Schumer's pretty uh, pretty dynamic. He's got that. He's got that voice that voice and that command of that, but he just doesn't have the, he doesn't have any, he has no brain, no brain, no logical <laughs> common sense. No. I remember when he spoke at the inauguration and it's like, why is this guy up there? And you could just kind of hear the, the boo slowly, the crescendo of yeah. the, Slow, the groans, the groans, the slowly was Trump, 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 <laughs> Trump, 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 Trump. That was, that was, that was a great day. That was fun. It was, yep. it was very good. So, uh, let's talk about, uh, Susan Rice. Let's and, unmask uh, Susan and Rice. Unmasking. So, uh, was Obama's national security advisor, Susan, blame Benghazi on a video rice, the person who demanded the unmasking of the Trump associate, the unmasking of Trump associates who were under surveillance by the Obama administration? Here's the background on the story, according to uh, Fox's Adam Housley, since they put it in print, I'll read it. Uh, multiple sources tell Fox News, Fox News that Susan Rice, former national security advisor under then-President Barack Obama, I'm sorry, Barack Hussein Obama, uh, requested to unmask the names of the Trump transition officials caught up in the surveillance. The unmasked names of people associated with Donald Trump were then sent to all those at the National Security Council, same at the Defense Department, then Director of National Intelligence James Clapper, and then CIA Director John Brennan, essentially the officials at the top, including former Rice Deputy Ben Rhodes. 
The names were part of the incidental electronic surveillance of candidate and the president-elect Trump and the people close to him, including family members. For up to a year before he took office, this was not this was not clear how Rice knew to ask for the names to be unmasked. If these sources are telling the truth, it's precisely opposite of what Rice said on PBS NewsHour last month. I know nothing about this. I was surprised to see uh, reports from uh, Chairman Yunus on that uh, count today. Senator, I, I have, I have no recollection of. I know nothing. I definitely remember forgetting that. Okay. And once again, just like after Benghazi, Rice can't keep track of her own lies. Seconds later, in the same interview, she admitted that she did know that Obama requested intelligence under the Trump campaign. The president did request uh, back in December that the intelligence community compile all of the information that it had on what had transpired during the campaign with respect to the Russians involving themselves uh, in the presidential campaign. And that report was provided uh, to the American people in unclassified form and to Congress uh, in classified form in early January. Yeah, this this lady is just not smooth. I don't I don't know what she's even talking about. It's not even very coherent what she's saying. Um, obviously, there were some things done that appear to be illegal. You can't you can't leak that information. How did she know to ask for those names to be unmasked if they were masked? Like, how does she know? And it was a year earlier. So right. were they trying? Was the Obama campaign? Was the Obama administration getting involved in trying to come up with stuff to? keep him from being elected president mm, that's pretty conspiratorial on your part ed i'm just i'm just asking the i'm just i'm right. just thinking you know well, well obviously they were fishing for something and you know what they didn't find anything because you know what if they'd have found something we'd all know about it ed if, if there was some an actual direct link with with trump's campaign and russia and there was something significant said we'd already know about it because it had been leaked that's correct and the things that uh the things that were being fished fished for in uh Hillary Clinton stuff you know she was she was being uh looked for looked she was being uh followed around electronically by WikiLeaks we heard that stuff and none of it was complimentary no no exactly so you know again is, is there is there any the whole Russian thing it's all concocted to to make Trump seem less legitimate as a president saying hey look the Russians were involved uh they they screwed up the election and Trump's not a legitimate president that's the whole point of this but there's nothing there I know exactly and it's uh and it's uh, also a smokescreen to take away from from us looking at hey Hillary Clinton there was a lot there 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 was a lot of stuff going on and it's and it's undeniable and let's get back to focusing on how corrupt the democrats are and they don't want they don't want to go there it's uh it's funny you i watch on fox um austin i think his name's austin goolsby mm -hmm. who during the election he was he was one of those really good guys that would come on and you say hey what about this and they say, you know what? Let's talk about those emails. Let's talk about where they came from. Let's talk about the the what you know that the fact that the Russians are getting in here and do you know what? Don't talk about what's in them. Don't talk about what's obviously undeniable in them and the information that's coming out. Don't talk about the reason that they were that they were able to be hacked by anybody. Let's just talk about it being the Russians and just divert attention away from it. And he's back doing the same back doing the same thing the other night when I when I saw him on and say, you know what? Uh, Hey, look at look at what's going on. Well, you know what? This is all about Russia. The 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 Republicans still have to answer for that because he he got elected then through a Russian collusion. I don't think there's any evidence of that. 
No, Hillary was going to lose no matter what. Uh, granted, this information probably wasn't complimentary to her. But look, this the election was about it was about main big topics. It was about the economy and jobs. It was about immigration. It was about national security. That's why a whole bunch of Democrats and a whole bunch of swing states put Trump in office. Exactly. And in Bloomberg report this week, we learned that Rice uh, requested the names of the people in the intelligence reports to be unmasked on many occasions. Here's a story which was published on Monday. White House lawyers last month learned that former National Security Advisor Susan Rice requested the identities of U.S. persons in raw intelligence reports of, on dozens of occasions that connect the Donald Trump transition and the campaign. The pattern of Rice's request was discovered in a National Security Council review of the government's policy on unmasking the identities of the inv individuals whose communications are collected incidentally. Normally, those names are redacted from the summaries and appear in reports as a U.S. person one which would be like saying John Doe one in the news hour interview rice had admitted to asking for the names to be unmasked. However, she said she only did so occasionally and when necessary in order to understand the intelligence. When NBC's Andrea Mitchell uh, interviewed rice last week, she asked whether those necessary requests were made for other reasons. Within that process and within the context of the Trump campaign, the Trump transition, did you seek the names of people involved in to, to unmask the names of people involved in the Trump transition, the Trump campaign, people surrounding the pre, the, the president elect. Let me be clear. In order to spy on them, in absolutely order to expose them. Absolutely not for any political purposes to spy, expose anything. But Did let you me leak the name of Mike Flynn. I leaked nothing to nobody, and never have, and never would. No, never. She's she never, leaked nothing to nobody. I, I, would, I tell no lies. I. I would never do that. If she leaked nothing to nobody, that means she leaked something to somebody. somebody exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> hey, we're all out of time for this episode of the main event. Folks, thanks for listening to the main event. We'll be back again with you next week. And uh, Scotty, thanks for uh, joining me this week. Ed, always tons of fun. Hey, brother. Hey, we'll see you next week. The content in this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB Number 096199.